0: and welcome to another edition of Inner City Spirit, a podcast hosted by myself, the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Rector of Trinity Episcopal Church in Houston. Today we will look at the seventh station of the light. So we were almost halfway through, since there are 14 stations. And the seventh station says, the risen Lord breathes peace, and gives the power to forgive. The scripture reading associated with the seventh station is John 20:19b 20b through 23. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, "Peace be with you." The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "Peace be with you." As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Justice, no peace is a chant that I've heard and participated in, in vigils and rallies and marches this past couple of weeks to bring justice to those who have been killed at the hands of those who are supposed to serve and protect our police. African-American men and women are disproportionately targeted by the police. Recently I had someone say to me, well a year ago um, a white man was, the same thing happened to him as George Floyd. He was kneeled on by a police officer on the neck and died and there wasn't this outcry. The outcry is because of centuries of systemic racism that metaphorically have held a knee to the necks of African-American community in this country. George Floyd is a symbol. Well, of course, he was a flesh and blood man who lost his life, who was murdered. Um, but he's also a symbol of that disproportionate violence against the African-American community. And the rage that has exploded from hurt and from injustice is understandable when you see it in that context. How many times people cry how many times people want justice and the promise of no peace is not a promise I think that has anything to do with the peace that God promises no justice no peace is a promise about or a commitment to work for justice and to not sit comfortably on the sidelines watching the news and complaining while sitting on a couch. It's a promise to continue to agitate, to walk, to march, to advocate, to work for an anti-racist future and for equity and for justice. These days, that starts with police reform, and yet it doesn't stay there. But first, let me go back to the peace of God. Jesus, in this scripture reading that is assigned for the seventh station of the light, he gives a peace to his disciples who are afraid Who are shut in who don't know what to do with themselves once their um, teacher messiah friend was crucified and they are hiding afraid and the peace that jesus comes to them to give them the peace that he breathes into them as the holy spirit is a peace that does several things it gives you courage to stand for what you believe. May that be that you believe that Christ is our Savior, that the powers of death will not prevail over the power of God's love. Maybe it's encouraged just to take uh, the next day and to say, I will be present And I will not let the forces of hate and ugliness get the better of me. The peace which Jesus gives to his disciple is a peace not of comfortably sitting on your couch complaining about whatever's going on in the news. It's not a peace of apathy or staying out of The fray, as it were. It's a piece of mind, a piece of heart, a piece of spirit, a piece of soul, even a piece that leads you into witnessing for what is of God in this world, to witnessing to the love of Christ and the transformation, God's salvific work of transformation of the instruments of torture as the cross was. In, in in our contemporary day, it would be the instruments of police brutality, transforming those instruments of death by witnessing to the powerful acts of love that come and can only come from God. So no justice, no peace is... A mantra that is not actually in contradiction with peace be with you or i give you the peace of the holy spirit it's actually very complimentary for the holy spirit agitates us into witnessing to a world the values of god the deepest desires that we might know to be from god of the Creator's vision for a world in which people are not senselessly murdered, tortured. Violence is not perpetuated against those who are different or disproportionately against those who would be the scapegoats for all of our frustration and anger in this world. So I also want to talk about what happened at St. John's Lafayette Square because it's a moment in time and a moment in history that I feel very connected to as well. Just to recap, there were peaceful protests for police reform and against racism at St. John's Lafayette Square and in Lafayette Park, which is right between St. John's, which is an Episcopal church, and the White House. Included in those peaceful protests and the vigils were many church people, including people from St. John's Lafayette Square and the Bishop of the Diocese of Washington. That Friday evening, there was some graffiti at St. John's and some broken windows. And so the windows were boarded up but they continued to host in the plaza right in front of the church a place for respite from the um, vigilant protests, a place um, to get water, a place to get minor medical treatment, and just a place to rest. The religious and non-religious folks who were um, protesting the killing of George Floyd and for police reform and for an a non-racist future for African-Americans and all of us in this country. The rector made a statement, which was very good. Um, Rob Fisher made a statement. And then the next day, there was a, a fire, I believe I'm getting the sequence right, in the nursery. And so all throughout the internet, people were claiming that the church was burning And as of now, we don't know who started that fire, but it was contained. Again, the Bishop of the Diocese of Washington and the Rector of St. John's and many of the parishioners at St. John's said the focus needs to not be on our church building, although we treasure and love that historic church building, that little yellow church that was built so early on in the history of our country. Designed by the architect Latrobe. Anyway, the good people of St. John's, including the rector and the bishop of the Diocese of Washington, said we should not draw the focus from the message of the protests and the vigils. We should not draw the focus from the cruelty of George Floyd's death, and we should not draw the focus from the work that needs to be done for justice and equity for African Americans in our country. They said, it's awful, but the fires contain contained and a church building can be rebuilt, can be repaired, but George Floyd can never get his life back. What happened next? was incredibly terrifying from my point of view. At some point, President Trump gave a, an interview about the protests and how he was against them. And then he used the United States military to disperse protesters who are citizens of this country your fellow American citizens, brother and sister American citizens, including some very peaceful, although passionate, religious people and people in the Episcopal Church. So he used our own military against our own citizens to make way in Lafayette Park for him to go hold the Bible up in front of St. John's Lafayette Square. In doing so, many people were hurt. Many people were hurt. I believe that he was making an idol out of the Bible that he held up. The Bible is a living word. The Bible is not a prop. The Bible is a word of revelation for those who would believe it contains all things necessary to salvation as a word to go. President Trump's photo op, I think, made the church a target and also tried to draw the attention away from the point, the point that we uh, live in a country built on racism that has perpetuated racism in various systemic forms, throughout our history, and the point that now is the time to work on lasting change against it. Both Bishop Buddy of the Diocese of Washington and the Rector of St. John's made very powerful statements against the actions of the president. And this week, they have a Black Lives Matter banner in front of this church that has always been committed to social justice and yet has um, done it in, in a very Washingtonian, um, nonpartisan way, having both people of the two major parties and people of no party and people of small parties as part of that congregation. So now there's a Black Lives Matter banner and there is at the intersection there in front of the White House, the mayor made it Black Lives Matter Plaza and painted in huge letters on the street, on the boulevard there, Black Lives Matter. So I think these kind of statements are where I see the stations of the light the light of God illuminating the struggles of our times the emphasis will not be taken away from the sin as Jim Wallace calls it the original sin of racism or the horrific death of George Floyd by anybody who wants to try to distract us from that the emphasis will continue to be on undoing, dismantling, truth-telling, calling out, healing, dismantling the systems built on the sin of racism. And that's going to take a lifetime, folks. And we can't sit in rooms wait, waiting for others to do it or afraid. We have the peace that Christ gives us. We have the peace of the Holy Spirit. We have the peace of God, which passes all understanding in our hearts, minds, and souls, so that we may go and witness the love of God in this world, which includes all human beings, but especially those who have been brutalized by the sin of racism. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this podcast and for Colin Boothby who provided music and produces this uh, little effort to connect with those in the Trinity community and beyond. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity or listen to other editions of this podcast, Check out our Facebook page or our website, TrinityMidTown.org. God's peace.